We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hour number three on Home and Home Radio.com Sports Original. We are brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free right now. ZipRecruiter. Dot com. If you're watching on the radio.com app, you see it on the bottom of the screen. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter the smartest way to hire. Football Thursday night it was as the Patriots remain undefeated 35-14, just hammering the New York football giants. But this game was close, believe it or not. A seven-point game with nine points to play. On paper, it looked like a blowout. Look at the quarterback matchup, will you? 42-year-old Tom Brady, 22-year-old Daniel Jones, and his two career wins going up against Brady and his 242 career wins. What makes it even more interesting is Daniel Jones told a story earlier in the week about he very much remembers... Hating Tom Brady at a time because he was six, six years old when he watched Brady beat his hometown Carolina Panthers team. He said it was heartbreaking when Adam Benatari made that field goal. Six years old, and now they're playing together on the same football field. I'm Dave Briggs, home of Connecticut. Ross Tucker on the road getting ready for a college football broadcast. It kind of reminds me of a story Ross Tucker once told me about asking for an autograph of one Brandon Noble and then one day playing on the same team as Brandon Noble, who joins us now, a star at Penn State and in the NFL with several clubs. Brandon, good to see you. Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker. Tell me about how this came about. Ross Tucker asking you for your autograph when a star at Penn State coming full circle to play alongside you in the NFL. Yeah, well, R- Ross loves that story just because he can remind himself that he's younger than me and how old I am. Uh, I, knew, I knew that was coming up. As soon as you went Brady and Daniel Jones, I was like, Ross wants to talk about the autograph. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Ross is a, a young puppy, and uh, he, uh, he happened to be, I don't know, Ross, were you in, like, middle school or something like that and came up uh, to Penn State, and we used to have to sit out there. It was probably the spring game and uh, sign autographs for the fans. And, and so apparently Ross uh, – got everybody else that was really important and uh, wandered over into my area and then was probably, you know, you know, ha- had to get it because he was probably staring at me like, all right, who's this guy? And, uh, and so I signed it for him. I look, it, it's, it's, it's funny. Football's such a small world and it comes full circle, you know, and then you fast forward to, I don't know what year it was, Ross, and, and he's eating Christmas dinner at my house when we're in Dallas, you know, and then we've, we've stayed in touch and, uh, and now we live uh, not too far apart in Pennsylvania uh, and, and catch up every once in a while. So uh, it, it's pretty cool. But I, I knew that story was coming. I was relatively prepared for it. You know, it's <laughs> funny. Uh, it was either 92 or 93. You were either – it was either after you committed and were yeah. at, like, the blue-white game as a as a recruit or 93 maybe when you were a freshman because I was, like, 13, 14. That was right before I started playing high school football – 
and like stop getting autographs. You were like one of the last <laughs> autographs I ever. I thought I remember just thinking, thinking, what am I doing with my life? This is just some <laughs> D tackle from Virginia Beach, Virginia, yep. and I just yep. wasted time to get him to sign a piece of paper. What am yeah. I doing with my life? That that was what I think. Maybe getting your autograph brand is what ended my autograph collection yeah. day. I think that's probably a good moral to the story, right? When you find yourself looking at an 18-year-old defensive tackle and asking for his autograph, uh, you know, maybe it's uh, maybe it's time to stop. Because I'm sure I was probably between, like, Kerry Collins and Kyle Brady at the time or something like that. And uh, you probably just, like I said, stumbled into me. Exactly. <laughs> no. So speaking of, uh, Brandon, speaking of moral of the story, it's interesting because I know you've told me this story once before, but I don't remember every detail. It has been a really, really rough week for the Washington Redskins, and in particular their owner, Daniel Snyder, just getting heat from every which way, and probably rightfully so. Uh, but I do remember when I was with the Redskins the second time, I don't even know how it came up because you weren't there. You know, we were not in Washington together. We were only in Dallas together. But Casey Raybach, the center, for the Redskins was telling me about the story of you and your leg and Daniel Snyder. I don't want to go any further because I don't remember the details. But the narrative is that he's the worst human being ever. He hates everybody. He hates your soul. You have to call him Mr. Snyder, etc. And I just wanted to have some balance out there and at least let other people hear the story that obviously you know very well. Yeah, so I uh, at the end of my career... Uh, and I guess Casey would have been the center at the time. Uh, at the end of my career, I, I contracted a couple MRSA infections that uh, that were pretty bad. One of them almost cost me my leg uh, and maybe potentially my life. Obviously, neither of those happened. Thankfully, I have my right leg still, and I'm obviously here talking to you guys. Uh, but but it was bad and it was scary. And I was one of the first guys in the NFL to get MRSA, and it was a bit of a of a of a kind of a disaster in in communication between the Redskins. The Redskins. Uh, orthopedic surgeon and I didn't get along. Uh, and so when I went and got my surgery with another doctor for the second time, he was not happy with me. And he pitched a fit when I went in with this little hot spot on my right knee after an operation, uh, tossed me some Keflex, which is kind of some over-the-counter antibiotics, and said, you know, you can go back to Charlotte to uh, see the other doctor and he can take care of this. And this is like a Thursday or a Friday and, uh, and I was like, you know, I didn't know what to do. Right. So I called my agent and it all kind of, they kind of start talking and, and, and Dan Snyder and, and Rick, my agent and Joe Gibbs was the coach at the time. They're kind of talking about what's going on. And, and then I go from relatively healthy, uh, to almost dead in about 24, 36 hours to where my wife, Mary Kate, uh, finds me on the sofa before my daughter's second birthday party, you know, in a pair of those old gray shorts that were so comfortable, Ross, uh, you know, sweating and unconscious with a leg the size of a tree trunk that is now all red. And my mother-in-law walks in the door and goes, Mary Kate, she's, she's a nurse. She goes, Mary Kate, you got to get him to the hospital right now. So my parents drove me. And the reason my mother-in-law and my parents were there is because we were about to have my daughter's second birthday party. So there were people coming to visit and I was dying on the sofa. And so they, they get me to the hospital. My mom and dad drive me to the hospital uh, the doctor says, you know, you've, you, we believe you've got MRSA, you know, you're, we're going to put you in, you know, basically intensive care. Now we're going to have surgery tomorrow morning. We're going to kind of get your, uh, 
you know, your, your, you, you get you kind of calmed down, get the pain settled, and then we're going we're gonna to cut you open tomorrow. So, again, this was a weekend, right? So it was like Friday or Saturday that I end up at the hospital. And so I'm laying there, and I'm going into surgery, right? And my knees, I mean, my leg is huge at this point. It's just this giant, you know, straight from the hip to the ankle, right? Just a giant cankle kind of looking thing, and it was all gross and red. And, and just the pain was unbelievable. So I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the pre-op room, right? I'm literally like the doctor's there. They've given me kind of the, the relaxing drugs, right, that they give you before they knock you out. And I'm laying there and, uh, you know, probably joking around with the people in there. And, and, and all of a sudden the door opens up. And in walks Joe Gibbs and Dan Snyder in full tuxes. Like black, they had just come from a black tie affair, because uh, this was an emergency surgery. This was like 9, 10 o'clock at night. It was late. And so they come in, right? And we're laying there. And this is a little weird. And, and I'm kind of like, and again, you know, I'm, I'm, for lack of a better term, high. And so we're talking and just kind of joking. And, and, and there was some real concern, right? They, they came to see me in the hospital to make sure that I was okay once they realized what had happened. And again, this was partially their doctor's fault. And so, so, so they come in. And and Joe or 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 Mr. Snyder and there it is you know I called him Mr. Snyder which is weird because when I played for the Cowboys we called Jerry Jerry uh, but but you know the um, so they say can we see it right and so the doctor who happened to be the, the not the Redskins orthopedic because that guy was a jerk uh, the the doctor happened to be the the orthopedic for the Washington Capitals and so he goes over and you know ho- hockey has a they have a weird sense of humor in that sport anyways and he pops my bandage off. Right. And so when he pops the bandage off, it kind of broke the seal over the infection. And so now I've got like two or three days worth of like pus and disgustingness in my knee. And it erupted like a green mayonnaise volcano and smelled like absolute death. (laughs) And and I remember like, again, I'm, you know, I'm sedated. Right. So I'm kind of laughing about it. The doctor's laughing, but there's like a six inch stream shooting vertically out of my knee of pus. And I, all I remember is like looking up and, and Joe, Coach Gibbs is like kind of leaning over the bed looking like, oh my gosh, right? And then, but Mr. Snyder is standing like and slowly backing away from me, right? Like this, right? And he's turning the color of the stuff that's coming out of my knee. And he's absolutely like, like he's kind of like, you know, looks like he's going to throw up. And he's and it, and it's just like and, and then the doctor you know he's laughing he covers it back up and 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 it was just one of those deals where it was so surreal right and and at some point in the whole thing like he actually asked are you going to sue us like those, those were you know that that and again so you're sitting there here's the guy he comes down to see me and he does that but at the same time he's like you know we we got a bad thing going on here you know is there a lawsuit coming my way um, but yeah I mean look the the guy has a I think he's a, a, a good person. Like, I don't believe in, you know, all that. But I, he has absolutely destroyed that franchise, uh, you know, uh, since he took over ownership. But, yeah, that, that's my Dan Snyder story. I mean, and it only got worse. I mean, look, it ended up – I ended up getting another MRSA infection. I ended up throwing multiple blood clots into my lungs, almost died again. They – when I finally kind of – I got to the point where my wife was like, you're not playing football anymore. Uh, and then we got into kind of the legal – kind of back and forth that happens as you leave, right? And it turned into one of these, right? You know, the doctor's pointing over here. The Redskins are pointing over there. It's their fault. It's their fault. It's their fault. I didn't leave Washington with a great taste in my mouth for that organization, just to put it, you know, nicely, I guess. 
Got it. So that that's interesting. You know what, Brandon? I don't think I ever really heard that whole story. I, and and so I guess the follow-up questions were, Casey had painted the picture to me of it being much more favorable or positive for Dan Snyder going out of his way to help oh, yeah. you. The way you just made it sound, like it sounds like he was just there out of like liability concerns. Well, I mean, look, you know, that that's... I, I do, like I said, they were there, right? And and that was a good thing. And look, I kept, I mean, you know, Ross, like in that business, man, like especially back then, you kept a lot, you wanted to keep things in house. And that's kind of the way that I was raised in football, right? You know, I played for a really old school guy in high school. I played for Joe Paterno at Penn State. You know, I, I was in the NFL for a while, kind of in that era where, you know, everything was kept inside and, and I was going to be a good soldier. So part of, you know, a lot of that story probably hasn't been told in public very often. Uh, because you know, look, I, I I didn't want to I didn't want to go down that path. Whereas when you look at today's NFL, like guys will toss that stuff out in a heartbeat because players are a little bit more empowered than they were back then. Um, so so yeah, no, I mean, look, man, he he was there, and it may have been just because Joe Gibbs made him come. Uh, and and then yeah, he did. He he almost threw up on me while I was getting ready to have surgery, uh, and then definitely asked me uh, if I was going to shoot the Redskins. Brandon, that was definitely the first time we've heard green mayonnaise pus eruption on this podcast or any other, and in all likelihood, the last. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, because I, I know it is a very serious story. Um, I, I do want to get, uh, with, the, with the risk of another mayonnaise eruption, I want to ask another medical question, and I caution. Um, you also had mono. In Penn State, your freshman yeah. season, you lost 40 pounds. Are you shocked that Sam Darnold is back on the football field, starting quarterback so soon thereafter, contracting mono? You know, that, that, you know, people kind of joke, you know, mono's kind of the kissing disease, right? And it, you get it in high school or college, and and you just kind of, and it's one of those things that just kind of goes away, man. When it when it gets bad, it is terrible. I know for me, I had it at Penn State, and I had it kind of through winter workouts. And then into spring ball. And so, you know, I mean, look, you're exhausted, you're tired. So you push, you push, you push, you push. And then eventually my body just shut down and my, my liver had started shutting down. And I was to the point where, you know, they didn't know what was wrong with me. I had turned jaundice. I was yellow. My eyes were yellow. Uh, and I had to withdraw from school for an entire semester. I remember sitting with Coach Paterno uh, after we kind of got the diagnosis. What they figured out was mono. They thought it was a couple other things first that were kind of scary. Uh, and then they said it was mono. And I remember Joe saying, hey, look, just go home, get healthy uh, and, and, and get better. And, and we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll come back in the summer. And so, you know, look, it can be rough. My daughter just got over mono. She's a swimmer. Uh, and it, it absolutely crushed her a year ago. I mean, she was not able to compete. So I am definitely surprised that he's getting back out there. If it, if it was bad enough to miss time initially, uh, it's not something that just goes away. It takes a long time. So, Brandon, do you have the worst immune system of any human being? <laughs> you get everything. You can't fight it off. Like, what is the deal? I look, man. I, I am a I am a glutton for punishment, man. I I, uh, I have had just one of those lives, man. It's just been up and down, and uh, it's always something. I mean, look, it, my wife kind of jokes. There's kind of like a clock at the house, right? They're like eventually something's going to come back around and get me again. And, and it's, you know, I, I retired after I retired, I, uh, 
I, I my appendix burst a couple years after I retired, but I laid in bed <laughs> thinking I was constipated and had gas for like two days. And so my so my my wife, my wife who's not a, you know she's you know five nine, she's a you know she's a strong lady. She literally, and this is what Ross, I was like 310 pounds. Oh, she shit. literally carried she literally carried me downstairs and took me to the emergency room with a five-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old in tow, right? And I go in there and the doctor, they do the scans and they look at my appendix and he's like, What's wrong with you? It had exploded, it was infected. It was terrible, man. Yeah, I mean, that's just what I do. That's what I'm good at. I'm really good at getting sick. Do me a favor and don't share these stories with your high school football team. Uh, last question from me is nothing related to medical situations. We've had some interesting scouting reports on Ross Tucker, the NFL offensive lineman. I think punctual. I think smart. I think um, a good guy. Share with me your in-depth scouting report analysis of Ross Tucker, the offensive lineman. Well, you know, so so Ross, and I'll try not to let the CTE get in the way here because that was a long time ago that Ross and I played football. Uh, Ross was one of those guys, man, that was a lot like me, I, I think. And it was just you knew it was going to be an all-day event, right? He wasn't going to quit. He was going to be scrappy. He'd, he'd, you know, he'd get the hand up in the face and he'd do the little things that kind of the, you know, the classic, like, you know, scrappy, overachieving O-lineman was going to do to you, right? He'd hold you. He'd pull you down. He'd give you a little rib shot, you know, again. And that was Ross. But Ross was a look. I, I remember, Ross, when you came down to Dallas, one of the first things we did was sit you down and start asking you questions about – about because you come from the Redskins, if I believe. Um, I'm right there. And, and we sat you down and, and, and just peppered you for information, right? Here's, here's a guy a really – you know, and he'll tell you he's a really smart guy, right? He's got all this information in his head, and 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 so we wanted to pick it for him. But no, look, Ross was a he was a, he was your classic overachieving tough guy uh, that was just going to give you the business all day long with a, with a little dirtiness to him. I mean, he's got this like you know wonderful public persona now, but uh, you know, I, I think <laughs> I think Ross, Ross, you and I, I think you and I, you're maybe the guy that I got ever closest to fighting in practice. Uh, in the NFL, I wasn't much of a guy that was going to swing in practice, but I think you pissed me off a couple times in practice in Dallas to the point where I really wanted to fight you. I don't think we did, um, but uh, but uh, but yeah, no. Ross was a he was a good football player. Anybody who can play in the NFL, uh, you know, for any amount of time is pretty good. However, you get there or whatever you do once you're there. I still remember Brandon. It was maybe the first day or second day I got in a fight with Pepe Zellner. The day after that, I got in a fight with John Nix. It was like everybody wanted to test the new guy. Everybody wanted to test the Princeton guy. I do want to get your thoughts on something, Brandon. You know, Dave has um, a son, and we've talked about his parenting. His parenting philosophy with his boy is to just push, 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 and demand and to get his son to produce. You obviously are in a unique situation being the defensive coordinator uh, for your son's high school football team. He's a senior. I know you've got other kids as well, but your oldest, Connor, he's a senior. He's a very good player. So I guess that's a two-part question. One is, what's it like, you know, being the coordinator for your son, who's a excellent player on a state-ranked team, and what's your advice for Dave Briggs with his 11-year-old? <laughs> Oh man, well I I've really enjoyed once once Connor and I kind of figured out the boundaries 
you know, you know, at home more than any place else. Uh, you know, of, of that I've really enjoyed. I've been really fortunate to be able to. One of the reasons I got out of college coaching is because I wanted to spend more time with my wife and kids. And this is really, but Coach Matt at downtown, he's bringing me on board as an assistant and making me the coordinator. I get to spend three to four hours a day, every day with my teenage son, which is a lot of fun. He's going to graduate this year. He's going to be out of the house. Uh, I have really enjoyed this season. And it, it is a lot of fun because, look, I get to help him develop. I get to make him a better football player, a better young man, because I'm out there on the field with him. Uh, you know, with, with my boy, with Connor, there was no need to push. Uh, I definitely did not have to. He's been very driven when it came to football. Uh, my youngest son, Jackson, is going to be a freshman next year at Downingtown East. He's, he is an O-lineman uh, for, for whatever that's worth. Uh, he, 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 he basically came home two or three years ago and said, Dad, I want to play center. And he has really uh, um, you know, relished the O-line lifestyle of eating pizza and wings and playing video games on the sofa <laughs> and, uh, and, then, and then showing up and snapping the ball, rubbing the guy in front of him a couple minutes and then, or you know, a couple seconds and then watching the play go. And so, so Jack's a little different, right? It'll be interesting to see when Jackson gets up there how that works. He's already told me he's not playing defense. He doesn't want to play for me. So we'll we'll see what happens. But look, I mean, for me, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I've been lucky. Uh, both of the boys have loved football uh, in different ways, and and I've tried hard not to push them too much. I mean, look, there's there's a boatload of pressure on on Connor uh, that he has felt to to be good at football because of me, and that's something that I've never wanted for him. Uh, I really just want him to play the game because he loves it for the same reasons that I did. All right, Brandon, great to have you with the hashtag green mayonnaise pus eruption. If it doesn't trend, Twitter sucks. And there it is for those of you watching on the app. We got it for you. And that's what it looked like. Brandon Noble, great to have you on the program, sir. It's been colorful. Oh, this has been awesome. I finally made it on one of Ross's podcasts, man. I was super excited. <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. Have a good weekend. Man, he's he's hired, Dave. He he is hired. We might have to do a weekly health update. Or I feel like I feel like we could talk to Brandon about anything. And I don't know if it's intentionally or unintentionally hilarious. It's amazing. <laughs> like like there were so many one-liners there. I couldn't tell if he was drinking something or spitting dip into the red cup. I mean, it was amazing. It was, but and just so you know, that is when I think about like football and linemen and Pennsylvania. Like that is what I think about. Like he is perfect. He's hired. He is the stereotype. At Central casting. We've got him from ZipRecruiter. Actually, I knew him. I'm not gonna lie. But we could find people like Brandon Noble at ZipRecruiter. That's how Cafe El Torres Dylan Miskowitz found his director of coffee. Look, ZipRecruiter has technology that identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates and you get them fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. That's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's really no wonder. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate 
within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Quick picks before we go. We're going to talk four games. We'll just do one. Houston and Kansas City, my favorite game of the weekend. The number 10, the number 12 pick in the 2017 NFL draft. As you all know, is Mahomes 10, Deshaun Watson 12. Kansas City is a slight favorite at home against the Texans. I thought the playbook is out there, how to beat the Chiefs. I just don't think Houston has the personnel to execute that playbook. They don't have a strong enough running game or offensive line to do what the Colts did. What say you, Ross? I agree. I'll take the Chiefs. I think it's going to be an unbelievable game, though. I mean, I think it's going to be like a 38-35, high-scoring, tremendous plays made by two quarterbacks. My recommendation... If you are from Chicago or a Bears fan, do not watch that game. Do not watch Chiefs Texans. It mm-hmm. will hurt you. You'll mm-hmm. get it'll burst your appendix. You'll oh. have gas and constipation and green mayonnaise pus erupting thinking that you could have Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes instead of Mitch Trubisky. And that is how we oh. end the week here on radio.com's home and home. There's no way we can top that. Have a great weekend, everybody. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.